Coming up on today's show, it's Thanksgiving week here in America. So that was a turkey surprise. That was my turkey. I was trying to give you some mood, some ambient sounds. You know what I mean? I thought it would help. (laughs) It's perfect, Brittany. It's perfect. Screw the cold open. Let's just get into the show. What's good, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Let's Good Games podcast. Your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and turkey sounds every Friday. (laughs) Now we have to do turkey sounds every Friday or the internet's going to be mad at us for false advertising. No, man. Tis the season for... I don't know what that is. It is. Tis the season indeed. That's Brittany Brombacher. Making the perfect, most perfect turkey sounds. We also have Miss Christine Steimer. Hello. Oh, girl. I, I know. I broke it. I broke it because I was like, I don't, I, I think I might be too tired to try and make the turkey sounds. <laughs> and I'm Andrea Renee. Thank you, man. Damn it. Now you sounds. did it. And now I'm. Now, now I see the, the spotlight the on you. Now you. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah. Remember she has a little neck grab. Right, I don't want to. It makes it better. You sound. just choked yourself. I know, I just well, like, not quite. No, not you. No, me. Her. Oh, you did? You yeah. Pulled, was it like was a like, double oh. hand? Like, I was like, nah. There, I did that. I that's, that that's as much as you're going to get out of me. That yeah. was baby turkey. Well, I missed just like it. A slight, it's a slight pinch. You can, good news, of the Brittany, lyrics. we're recording this and you can go back and listen to it. Oh, I will. <laughs> this will be clips. <laughs> you can compare your turkey sounds and decide which one is superior. <laughs> it's definitely uh, not mine. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. Whether it's your first episode or your 209th, we're glad that you are here. We're excited to talk about some news and some video games this week. Thank you to November's Patreon producers, Chewy's Godson, California Cated, Justin Foshi, Punctified, Ferris, Atia, Muhammad Muhammad, Marcus Brown, Alex Rogopoulos, and David Icolucci for supporting the show. And welcome to our Patreon community at patreon.com slash what's good games. Carrie Kaz. We're just going to leave it at that. Kaz. <laughs> I don't know how to say Carrie's Miro last name Tisitrin. at all. Is sure. it Kaz Miro Wittstrin? Yeah, Wickstrom. Sure. Casmio Wickstrom. Nailed it. And Tobias Hayes. Don't forget, you can be part of the show by submitting your questions to us at patreon.com slash what's good games. And you can even get the show ad free if you are in our epic membership and above. And Brittany, we have a couple new podcast reviewers, it looks like. We do. We have Seahawk 411, Cholera 24, and 8 Bit Forever. Left some nice, kind, warm and fuzzy words for us on their preferred podcast provider. So thank you so much. Like we say it, it does help us a bunch when it comes to the algorithms. Helps people find our show. Makes us feel warm and fuzzy. We appreciate you. We sure do. And... What's Good Games today is brought to you by GameStop and MeUndies, but we'll talk more about them later. For now, let's just go ahead and jump right into the headlines from the week. As you guys know, we have been recording this show early every year for Thanksgiving, and this year is no different. So the news is not as fresh as it would be if we were recording the podcast a little bit later in the week. So forgive us if something crazy breaks. We miss it. We will, of course. It shouldn't. Hopefully. No, it's it's a holiday week. Typically, people try not to break news during a holiday. Famous last obvious words. reasons. I know, right? right? Yeah. I just jinxed us. I'm so but sorry. But it is 2020. Anything could Nintendo happen. Nintendo will announce a direct tomorrow morning. It's fine. <gasps> They'll be like, here's the new version of the Switch. And we'll be like, fuck. But why? <laughs> but why? <sighs> if it was on sale for Black Friday, then I would allow it. Oh. Ooh. That would be nice. Ooh. Mm. 
It would be. If they're like, Switch Pro is here. You can play games in 4K. Transfer your Animal Crossing Islands. Well, that's a save. That, that's coming. Yeah. Right? It's live now. It yeah. launched last week. See? Yeah. There you yeah. go. Could happen. I mean, these crazy out-of-this-world tools for 2020 gaming, <laughs> like transferring your save data between consoles. Word. Yeah, right? <laughs> but the first story is crazy, Andrea. It sure is, Steimer, and it's all about Xbox. Surprise, surprise. So head of Xbox, Phil Spencer, who has been quoted quite a bit in the media over these last couple of months about his philosophy on how he's running Xbox and how he sees the brand, has back at it talking about some cool things that may be coming for Xbox in the not-too-distant future. Over at IGN, they write that an interview from The Verge Decoder podcast, that's the name of it, uh, Phil Spencer was asked, what was stopping Microsoft from releasing Xbox as an app for smart TVs that meets a minimum hardware specification? The answer, it seems is nothing. <laughs> Quote, I think you're going to see that in the next 12 months, replied Spencer. I don't think anything is going to stop us from doing that. While we've previously heard that the Xbox executive discussed the idea of streaming sticks, a la Chromecast, that could be used to stream games through xCloud after being plugged into the TV, these could even be made part of the Game Pass subscription cost. Spencer reiterated that he doesn't see streaming as the end of Microsoft's dedicated consoles, however, saying, I don't think that these will be the last big pieces of hardware that we ship. Instead, he sees the future of Xbox as a hybrid of inbuilt computing power and streaming. Quote, when we think about xCloud, which is our version of Stadia or Luna, I think what needs to evolve are games that actually run between a hybrid environment of the cloud and the local compute capability, and that they can actually take full advantage of the cloud that's there and that's available, but also full advantage of my edge compute capability that I have in my home in the console. It's really a hybrid between both of those. So mm. I think that that's <laughs> pretty standard stuff. I, if I was a betting woman, I would have bet on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ah, I mean, this is what they're going for, their digital future. They want your subscription money. They want their console mm -hmm. money, but more than anything, they want your subscription money. So this isn't too surprising, but what a time to be alive, ladies, when we can just say fuck it to consoles and fire up an app on our TV. By then, hopefully all of the broadband internet issues across the country will be fixed, across the world will be fixed, and we can just yeah, live doubtful. in peace and harmony. <laughs> Do you see the so cheesy like, smile on my face? I don't think so. This isn't cool. happening anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting because I was in a Twitter thread earlier today with... Matt Piscatella from the MPD group and because I had retweeted his tweet and he was talking about his thoughts about cloud gaming and how it's going to ultimately be held back by ISP restrictions, which has been a drum I've been beating for a long time about cloud gaming. And, you know, somebody came into my mentions with the thought that, well, look at all the streaming services like Netflix and Disney Plus. They're not having any issues. And it's wildly different. That's what I said. I said, here's the thing that a lot of people forget when they compare cloud gaming to cloud video is that the data usage for gaming is three to five times as high as it is for HD video. Not to mention, you know, if you're just doing standard video, it's different. But most people are streaming in HD, not 4K, mind you. 4K is in its own league. 4K video streaming and 4K game streaming are both like wildly Wolf. data hoggy yeah <laughs> so um up to i think upwards of 15 gigabytes per hour for 4k streaming on stadia i think was what was clocked so i mean but 4k gaming in 1080p is still much 
higher data usage than than video streaming, and which is why it's a problem. And this on the heels of an announcement from Comcast, one of the biggest internet service providers here in the United States, announcing that they are implementing data caps <laughs> for a large part of the country. Cool. Starting, you know, I think next month, and I'm just like, but why? <laughs> what? They're like, oh, we didn't build this right. Oh, uh, no. Well, th- what they what they said was that 95% of their customer base doesn't even come close to that data usage. And I was like, yeah, but for the 5% that does, it's like, well, then, yeah, why, well, then why not just leave it the way it is? You just you basically said, we don't have a problem, but mm-hmm. we're going to fix it. <laughs> and I'm like, but why? Steimer, but why? You're preaching. You're preaching, Steimer. Uh, well, that's great. That's lovely. I mean, listen, we've said it before. I think cloud gaming is cool. I think the idea is great. I would love a future where I don't need to have big old boxes everywhere in my house. And big old boxes, obviously, I'm exaggerating. You're, I'm like, you're literally surrounded by boxes right now. Actually, I am. It's pretty bad, but it's fine. Come over. We'll build a fort. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's making me twitch. Just, my eyes like has a permanent twitch lately. Like, it's fine. It's I'm fine. fine. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm crying. It's great. Uh, yeah, but like, you know, I, sorry. Andrew said that story about the data caps and I'm like, why? Like, like Steimer said, but why? Like, it's, it's, it's not going to be smooth sailing. And I mean, even we have struggled. We're on the struggle bus here and we have pretty darn good internet from Xfinity and we can't even really play Orcs Must Die on the stadia together at the same time because it doesn't work. Looks like you're on an acid yeah. trip. All the colors bleed everywhere. I've never seen that happen in a game before. Only in streaming. I mean... Yeah, it's a technology that's full of promise that's just not realized yet. That said, I do love the idea of having smart television apps so the way that processors inside televisions used to be, I never bothered with these apps. Like even with Netflix, I would usually just boot up my PS4 and watch Netflix through that instead of using my smart TV because the processor in your TV just was not as powerful as it would be in a console. And that's still true, of course, but the smart television processors have come a long way in the last couple of years and smart TV technology is getting better and better each year with the iterations of smart tech. And so I think it's a really good place to go for cloud gaming. The idea that I could have a Stadia app, a Luna app, or an Xbox app, and maybe if PlayStation decides they want to join cloud gaming, um, you know, an app on my smart TV without having the cost of a console, maybe some of the restrictions would be that you can only stream in 1080p. I mean, I think now that 4K is becoming more ubiquitous in gaming overall, I personally, as a dubbed hardcore gamer um, would still prefer to play through my console and have that really robust, powerful experience. But I think there's a huge market out there for people that have either multi-console households or have families or have multiple smart TVs to be able to have a streaming app and a smart television. seems like a really big win. Pay Xfinity their money. I mean, yeah. They want their money. Pretty much. Cap everything. Give us more hours for internet. (laughs) Um, Anywho, continuing on, our next story is about Cyberpunk 2077. But before we get to that, I want to let you know that this news segment is brought to you by Me Undies. Ho, ho, ho. That's all me. That's not any ad copy. (laughs) (laughs) It's the holiday season already. Safe to say this year looks a bit different than before. And while we're all indoors, we just have to say this is your best excuse to get your game on and pretty much never leave. 
Heaven. MeUndies has the perfect cozy loungewear and comfy undies for you to really perfect those gaming skills. Seriously, what other time in your life has someone told you that staying into game can save the world? Hmm. The dream is finally a reality. Just make sure you're comfy doing it. So when we've talked about MeUndies quite a bit on What's Good Games and Andrea has been better and Simon has been better at keeping up with the latest and greatest in the holiday prints. I still have my Star Wars pants, lounge pants that I wear from time to time that I really do need to upgrade. Oh, I may have bought four sets of the new holiday print in oh. their top and bottom pajamas for Christmas for when my moms are coming. Because we're not traveling for the holidays like you shouldn't because <laughs> COVID. And so my moms are driving over and so it's just going to be the four of us, which I'm actually pretty excited about. And so I thought what better way to celebrate in comfort than to buy us all matching MeUndies pajamas. I do Very have cute. that Christmas onesie that we all were rocking last Christmas when we were all together. Not like the Christmas day, but I remember on the holidays we were recording and I forgot I have that. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. There's, the onesies are comfortable. Oh. The pajamas are great because you don't have to get fully undressed to go to the bathroom like you do with the onesies. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So the onesies are pretty cozy. But they also have a brand new jogger that I tried out and absolutely love. And I tried out their hoodies. Basically, I'm kitted out with MeUndies, and you guys should be too. You should. And this holiday season, again, MeUndies is encouraging you to take it easy. Soften the stress. Literally. No more malls and wild holiday shopping. You can order me undies online and they offer free shipping. That's golden. Ooh, free shipping. Oh yeah, we love free shipping. Give your family and friends the coziest clothes and undies from some for some well-deserved me time. Heck, give yourself the coziest clothes and undies for some well-deserved me time. This year, we're staying in and we're going to be damn comfy while we're at it. So MeUndies, like Andrea was saying, has some brand spanking new winter products this year. Get your cozy on with their new PJ sets and holiday-themed prints and keep an eye out for, their new, for those new additions. Also, MeUndies has the greatest membership program on the face of the earth. Get a new pair of undies or socks every month and give your top drawer a complete refresh. So MeUndies has a great offer for our listeners. For any first-time purchasers, you get 15% off and free shipping. Again, we love us and free shipping at What's Good Games. MeUndies also has their problem-free philosophy. If you're not satisfied with any product for any reason, they'll refund or exchange it. No caveats and no questions. So to get your 15% off your first order and free shipping, go to MeUndies.com slash WGG. That's MeUndies.com slash WGG. And <clears throat> that was creepy Santa. No one likes creepy Santa. I like creepy Santa. Do you? Great. Santa. Do you? I don't know if I like I mean, creepy no. Santa. No. no, I don't. No, actually, no. No. Change my mind. Yeah. No. Take it back. Take it back. All right. Let's talk about this cyberpunk news, shall we? It's not really news per se, more of a revelation that I think all <laughs> of us saw coming. So, Brittany, you pulled this story over from Game Informer. I did. And the, the internets were all abuzz with this earlier this morning. So one dev has played over 175 hours of cyberpunk 2077 and still hasn't beaten it. So CD Projekt Red has been sharing a lot about Cyberpunk 2077, especially since the game has seen several notable delays. From the open world of Night City to the dangerous outlands seen outside of these neon borders, CDPR's newest game looks to be massive. While we don't know how much time it will take to complete, we do have a better idea of its scope because one dev has tanked in over 175 hours and still hasn't run the credits. So I'm assuming this is pronounced Lucas. Lucas Babiel is a cute... That's the American way. Yeah, the it? American way of saying it. It's not not really that, but 
we'll roll with it, is a QA lead on Cyberpunk 2077. He also confirmed that this isn't even a full playthrough of trying to 100% the game. While he is in QA, the quote, not trying to 100% the game kind of negates the every nook and cranny approach, but it's still important to note that it was previously confirmed that the main quest line would be shorter than the main story of The Witcher 3. That being said, there are a ton of side quests, of course. So The Witcher franchise, another game that the studio has helmed, was also massive with DLC for The Witcher 3, outscaling that of Witcher 2 as a whole. And the team has also stated numerous times that there is, quote, so much more than what, ha than what has been shared with undisclosed new locations main characters and branching narratives so i believe in the past we've seen like what the 50 to 60 hour ish range to complete cyberpunk 2077 and i don't remember if that was if it was specifically mentioned that that was just mainlining it or if that was just like the average playthrough but regardless what do you ladies think i don't about think this anybody is thinking this game's going to be short no right? No, no, but even I fifty to sixty would not be the main line, right? Because I don't think even Witcher three was. Yeah, main story time was to go to one of my 60. favorite websites. How long to beat The Witcher three? I love this website so much. <laughs> it's the greatest. Okay, so the main story average was 51 and a half hours. The main story plus the extras was 102 hours. If you wanted to complete the game, average was reporting as 172 hours. Wait, the main was 50? Was it really? Uh, that's what how long to beat. That says. seems that seems normal. Think about how long I don't know. It's been a, Final it's Fantasy been VII such a long time. That was like fifty hours, right? No, mine was like thirty. But yeah, it just it's been a long time since I played Witcher, so I'm like, I, sure, maybe I just did like <laughs> more side content because I didn't 100 percent that game, but I did like a I did, hefty I did every side content. every side quest you can do in that game, and you did it in thirty hours. I think so. Again, I'd have to go back and look at my game clock. Maybe wow. I'm just misconstruing time. I have no idea. <laughs> I was like, that's impressive if you did that all in 30 hours. I think, oh, what happened? I know why. It's because halfway through, I turned it on to easy. Um, mm. And you just you go it. through that game much faster on easy. The yeah. battles go much faster. Because I saw you playing a battle that I'd played on easy on normal. And I was like, huh, glad I put this down to easy. <laughs> <laughs> baby has baby mode for the win. Yeah, baby has baby mode saving you all sorts of time. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. I think, you know, we're all excited to dive into Night City and see what it's all about. 175 yes. hours. Soon TM. Soon TM. And you're like, QA. I'm pretty sure aren't they purposefully trying to break shit unless he's not actu actually doing his job while he's playing this. But regardless. They basically, are, it depends on which part you're on in QA, but mm. you're given like you do X, right? Like, so you need to be testing these things out and make sure that they all work. Okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. All right. Moving on. Did you guys hear? Lara Croft is back in a cute mobile game called Tomb Raider Reloaded. So we just wanted to quickly show you uh, this little blurb, this I little teaser this trailer Twitter. that is out. What was that? I think I said, I think I saw this on Twitter. Yeah, so Square Enix revealed that this series is back and it's a much more cute and fantastical take on the franchise, writes Polygon. It's being developed by Emerald City Games and Square Enix's London mobile team. And we don't really know much about what's happening in the game, but, um, you know, Lara will probably be back to fighting giant spiders and dodging arrow traps and... Uh, <laughs> and big old T-Rexes. Yeah, puzzles and stuff, but uh, it looks cute. 
does look cute. So we have a few questions from patrons on patreon.com slash what's good games. I don't know what's up with this voice. Mitch Crasson wrote in, has Stream Raider been temporarily banned to only mobile? Oh, banned's a strong word. Banned is a, yeah, <laughs> that's a word. choice of words there. Or do you think there's another big budget console title coming soon? I love Shadow of the Tomb Raider and I'm hoping for a new one. And then Megan followed up to Mitch's question and said, while I absolutely love Tomb Raider and I'm secretly hoping there's a new one, what is there left to cover? So I never finished the last one. I know you two did, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so what do you think? I really liked Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked it a lot too, but I definitely could see what uh, Megan was saying and that it definitely felt like at least I would need some more time before I would really want another one. Um, but that being said, I do like the character a lot and if they can just come up with another storyline, I don't know why you wouldn't be able to reuse her. It just would be less about like her going through the like journey of becoming Lara Croft. And it's, I was like, yo, no, let's go find some cool ass ruins or whatever. Like, that's fine. Nobody needs a really melodramatic storyline for Lara Croft. <laughs> <Doom Raider>. No, <Nah, laughs> I think a really solid action adventure is great. The mechanics that they developed with the reboot trilogy were excellent. I think they really honed and refined it in shadow of the tomb Raider. The graphics were great. The animation was great. I love the way they did traversal and the puzzle solving. Some of the tombs were awesome. The verticality inside the dungeons. Obviously, people were mixed on the narrative and the story, which is always going to happen. Some people are going to be really into it. Other people are going to be like, this sucks. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I like that. Yeah, it's just the internet for you. Um, I soon is definitely not going to happen. No, that studio, yeah, they've, they've Crystal Dynamics, you know, their big focus was Avengers. And while obviously that studio is big enough to have multiple teams and maybe they are concepting stuff for the next Lara Croft title because that franchise is what they're known for. Obviously, Avengers was their big focus. And I don't anticipate that being any different for at least the next year or two, knowing that they had a lot of post-launch plans for the Avengers. Uh, I don't anticipate us seeing anything new from the Tomb Raider franchise for at least two years. I would guess maybe a teaser, potentially, um, late next year or early 2022, and then maybe a game 2023 or beyond. I'd be so okay with that. I love the Tomb Raider games, but I think by the time Shadow came around, I was just a little burned out. A little burned out from them. I feel like it's more or less always the same thing. I mean, it kind of reminds me of Uncharted. But I, I would say that I think Naughty Dog crafts a better story. So that's why I think when it came to the Uncharted games, they were a little bit more engaging, at least for me anyway. But when it came to Tomb Raider, it was like, okay, Lara finds a cool new relic thing. She wants to go there. Oh, no, she's melodrama- melodramatic, like Cyber was saying. Or she's really stubborn and she doesn't listen to anyone. And then she falls down and gets impaled by spikes. But she's still, I don't know. It's- but she sounds like a porn star when she gets impaled. <gasps> Um, yeah, what's funny is like I actually prefer the gameplay of Tomb Raider, but yes, yeah, like you mentioned, the story of Uncharted I always think is better. Yeah. Um, if only they could just marry them together. I like the Tomb Raider because I feel like I'm stalking people, like <laughs> murdering them, and that's just really <laughs> satisfying. But Nathan Drake is like, oh, <laughs> I guess they're attacking me. I guess we'll murder all of you with my guns. Like, yeah. but aren't I funny and cool? And you're like, I don't know. Are you? <laughs> You psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a whole thing. It's a whole. The thing. shooting mechanics also in that game not yeah, not I also great. Didn't love the shooting. Yeah, the game. combat I, in what they did with Shadow specifically and the way they modified combat I really enjoyed. Yeah, the mechanics in Tomb Raider were really fun. Just gotta figure out that story, man. Yeah, yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but thank you for writing in, everybody, and for your questions. Britt, your favorite game. Is it <laughs> mine or yours? Movie. I think it's your favorite game. <laughs> oh, you think it's my favorite? I absolutely think it's yours. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, our friends over at GameSpot write that Five Nights at Freddy's movie has found a script and will start shooting in 2021. <laughs> The movie is Does based movie on the series script? of scary video games is moving forward with some positive news. Series creator Scott Cawthon has selected a script for the film and will begin in 2021 at Get Out Studio Blumhouse. Writing on Reddit, Cawthon elaborated on a number of different scripts that he considered for the movie, but ultimately backed away <laughs> from due to their problems, as if Five Nights at Freddy's was going to have too many problems with the script. Uh, one of these screenplays involved a group of teenagers, troublemakers, who break into the setting of the game, Freddy Fazbear's Pizza, and then all hell breaks loose. <laughs> Gosselin said he rejected this script because it had a lot of, quote, odd choices that only got weirder throughout the narrative. Um, Cawthon, um, maybe we need to remind you what your game is. I was like, right, do you know what you're making a film? Oh, my God. Um, Cawthon wrote that the story ended with the protagonist in a secret underground animatronic factory that was designing robots for the government. Honestly, that movie sounds great. <laughs> I would watch it. I would watch that movie. Uh, another one of the script ideas involved the toys from the pizzeria leaving the restaurant and heading to Manhattan to do damage. I would there. also watch this movie. This movie sounds great. They, they sound so stupid that I would totally watch them. <laughs> Um, but Cawthon seemed to not have liked the script at all. He had nothing positive to say about it. And the final action he took with the script was for it to be burned with fire. Damn. <laughs> Quote, one of the problems in creating a modern day story with an old Freddy's setting is finding a way to connect the protagonist to the restaurant, finding a reason for them to be there and finding a reason for them to stay. As for the script, Cawthorn ultimately said that, yes, he's understandably keeping quiet about the specifics of the screenplay, which is codenamed Mike. <laughs> I, mean, I thought it was just going to be like a first person camera taking you through a fucking restaurant. Shit's just going to pop up at you. And then, I mean, and then the movie's gonna be over. That sounds. That's that not sounds a bad good. idea. Because I was thinking about this. I was like, "You're right." I mean, granted, every scary movie. I feel like if we're gonna watch a scary movie, you just have to realize that like people in it are gonna be dumbasses. They're gonna mm -hmm. go somewhere they should not go. They're gonna somehow lock themselves inside, and instead of just, like turning around, they're not gonna have charged cell phones. They're not gonna have the keys to their car. Some shit's gonna go down, and you'd be like, "You dumbass, you deserve to die. Why did you do this?" You made a bad choice. Yes. But especially with this, like, I'm thinking about it. How do you get a bunch of teenagers in a pizzeria and then, like, you have animatronic things, like, stomping around? I'm dying to know what no, this perfect honestly, script is. No, honestly, this would be a great fucking marry this with Chuck E. Cheese. Like, Chuck E. Cheese exists. This exists. You get all the teenagers okay. in this fucking restaurant. Oh, lo and behold, crazy janitor locks them all in it, runs away. Like, like that. And then the animatronic things are like, hello, you've been eating our pizza and now we eat you. Oh goodness! And see, I I think that there that there's okay. there's some gold in there. I also think that there's a possibility where they could play this like the first game, and get one really strong actor and have them like solo it. It's Mike. Oh, Why do you think right? this is called Mike? And it all like takes place the from the control Like you room? take the job right as a security agent, and you're inside the control in the room and you have to run it the cameras just like you do in the game I think that there's there is a possibility for that it would kind of be like you get a good enough in that sense where it's all kind of like in one area like the first saw I feel like interesting 
Oh, yeah. I'm down. Either way, like I, I'll I'm write down. the sequel. You write the sequel. I think Stemmer yes. like the other scripts. Stemmer's like, I want the really like jump the shark. I want the really like, like dumb or, fucking or, movies or, to or be made. I want trilogy. this to appear on Lifetime. That's my goal. <laughs> Direct to Netflix. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want your accolades. I don't want your Oscars. Give me a Razzie. <laughs> Oh, oh I like God. where this is going. Well, we definitely have to watch this together. I know. I was thinking that too. That would be great <laughs> when it eventually comes out, uh, which would, my guess would be 2022. Um, okay. Uh, just a couple of quick news blurbs to end the segment. You guys may have seen that Fortnite, popular game from Epic, has started up a monthly subscription service with the arrival of their Chapter 2 Season 5, which begins on December 2nd. Dubbed the Fortnite Crew, players can sign up for a $12 a month subscription to gain unique perks and benefits beyond just purchasing the new battle pass every season subscription members will get the battle pass for the full season plus access to the current season wait members will have access to the current season's battle pass wait what is uh, basically uh, means you get the battle pass yeah right for free yeah that's what i thought I, yeah the first part said okay i don't know why repeating myself i don't know uh, you'll get a thousand v bucks each month plus a monthly crew pack and subscribers will get an exclusive Fortnite crew pack that contains an always new outfit bundle so i guess if you're like a hardcore uh like if all you play is Fortnite, Fortnite person and you want to buy every buy season more, pa- yeah. or if you buy every battle pass this would make sense because you get basically this like a little bit extra. Yeah, but the if you V-Bucks, don't, yeah. then yeah, I don't know why you would do it. So Nova wrote in and said, hello, ladies of What's Good Games. Do you think the Fortnite subscription is a way for Epic to possibly get more money out of kids that play the game? So if you do some of this, <laughs> <Yes. laughs> yeah, I think it's a constant revenue stream. If you look at the math and I grant like math, it's not my yeah, best Yeah, it's subject. basically a more consistent. Right. So a thousand V bucks goes for $7.99 if you pay through Epic direct payment. But if you pay through Apple or Google Play, it's $9.99. And then the battle pass itself is $7.99. So like, yeah, you're saving some money here. So, you know, mm-hmm. little Johnny comes up to you, eyes all wide full of tears. But like, mommy or daddy, I really, really want this. And you can save some money every month. Maybe you'll do it. And then there's Epic's reoccurring uh, revenue, you know? Yeah, but uh, to be clear, the point is, like, it's not necessarily getting more money out of them. It's getting more consistent money consistent out of them. Consistent revenue like, stream. Right. Uh, yeah. Consistent. Right. Yeah, because they might be able to convince their parents every now and again to get them a battle pass one time. But if, yeah, if they can... Make them make their parents a PowerPoint presentation to explain why uh, it's such a it's great a smart deal. way for them to get their whales to give yeah. them money because it's a game that's been out for a while now. It's obviously still huge, but nearly not nearly as many active players as there used to be because there's so much more competition in the battle royale space from games like Apex and Warzone, just to name a couple. And so if this is a way for them to earn some additional revenue on a free to play title, hell yeah. Why not? Go yeah. for it. There you go. Make little Johnny you or want little V-Bucks, Susie do some chores. Do it. <laughs> do some chores around the house. Do some chores, Susie. Earn that, that whatever it's called. I already forgot. The dubbed Fortnite crew. Fortnite crew. Yeah. Earn I do keep. think it's funny that Nova writes in and says, it seems weird for a game that already makes a shit ton of money to add this in. And I would say, do you not know how people who make money work? <laughs> I don't know how to tell <laughs> you this. They typically still want more. Yeah. be making more money. Companies yeah, if are you're not thinking of new money. ways like that, like that's how companies go under. I mean, not that Epic would be, ever be in danger of going under, but... Right. Always be innovating. Yes. Well, and Epic expanded quite substantially in the wake of Fortnite's boom and that's a lot of bodies that they have to take care of and jobs that they have to provide for people and if they don't continue to make revenue then you know it's possible that some of those jobs might be at risk 
I will say that Epic as a company, you know, philosophically has a lot better workplace, a, a lot better workplaces to work in than some other companies do. And I don't think that they would just lay off people if profits started to wane. I think that they would wait until it was really becoming a situation where they had no other choice. Yeah, they would definitely try to pivot in some way or another. I yeah. mean, they pivoted with Fortnite. Fortnite was a major pivot by that company and it thankfully paid off. But I think the leaders are smart enough to know not every pivot is going to do that. So. Yes, exactly. And Rockstar Games has revealed a standalone version of Red Dead Online will be able to be purchased separately from the game's campaign. As of December 1st, players will be able to purchase Red Dead Online from the PlayStation Store, the Microsoft Store, the Rockstar Games Launcher, the Epic Games Store, and Steam. The game will cost just $4.99 as part of an introductory offer, which is 75% of what it will cost eventually. So it sounds like 20 bucks is what the final price will be when it's not on sale. math. The offer... Look at me doing math on the fly. Uh, the offer is going to last until February 15th, 2021. But man, why sleep on RDR2? That game is excellent. Yeah. But I guess if you have, you're trying to corral your friends into playing with you. you can and they don't like, want to play like the actual It's five bucks. Game. You can just get the online yeah. part. <laughs> and you can now watch PS5 and PS4 Pro footage of Cyberpunk 2077, which we showed you earlier today. Just, just mere moments ago. Just mere moments ago. And that's gonna do it for the news segment for this week when we come back we'll be talking about what we're playing stick with us everybody we'll be right back what's good everybody it's andrea here time for some announcements and i want to kick it off with our annual black friday sale we've got new fun holiday themed merch items in the store at whatsgoodgames.com slash store and we're giving you guys a discount. Everyone can enjoy 10% off with promo code FRIDAY10. Again, that's F-R-I-D-A-Y 10 for 10% off all of our What's Good Games merchandise at whatsgoodgames.com slash store. And patrons can get 20% off. To find that special 20% off discount code exclusively for patrons, go to patreon.com slash whatsgoodgames. And hopefully you guys will score some of our brand new designs. One more time, it's whatsgoodgames.com slash store, and the sale is running now through December 1st. Did you miss that Brit and Snymer were on Dude Soup this week over at Rooster Teeth? Well, they were. The fun folks over at Funhouse had Brit and Snymer on the show, so if you head on over to roosterteeth.com, you can check out that full episode or wherever you listen to podcasts. Plus, on Saturday, November 28th at 12 p.m. Pacific time, Rihanna Manuel and I are going to be streaming at twitch.tv slash whatsgoodgames as part of G4's Gravython, raising money for some awesome children's charities with some awesome ladies in what is going to be space treachery in Among Us. Now, the last time we did an all-ladies Among Us stream, it resulted in an egregious murder of me by Alana Pierce, who is once again joining us. Will she throw me under the bus again? You'll have to join us to find out. Again, at 12 p.m. Pacific time, it's kicking off. We're going to be raising money for some awesome children's charities and hope to see you there. Plus, the final announcement is that this Monday, November 30th, will be the final What's Good Games Live of 2020. Yes, the live Monday show will be going on hiatus until 2021. So hopefully we will see you Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific time for our final What's Good Games Live of 2020. Welcome back, everybody. It's the second segment of the What's Good Games podcast. This week's episode of What's Good Games is also brought to you by GameStop. 
The holiday deals keep on getting better at GameStop as they just revealed their 2020 Cyber Week offers. Beginning on Sunday, November 29th at 8 p.m. Central Time and running through Saturday, December 5th, GameStop is offering tremendous savings on the hottest game software, hardware, and accessories, PC gaming equipment, home entertainment electronics, and more. This year's Cyber Week sale, GameStop has handpicked the best of the online offers for you, like up to 50% off Razer PC gaming accessories, up to 50% off select PS5 and Xbox One accessories, and up to 40% off select Nintendo Switch accessories. Plus, you can also get cool collectibles like the Star Wars FX lightsaber for $159.99 or the G.I. Joe Snake Eyes helmet, a GameStop exclusive for $69.99, or even those ugly sweaters that we talked about last week's episode that aren't actually that ugly and pretty cute another GameStop exclusive for just 20 bucks plus you can also get up to 66% off select Xbox One digital titles up to 50% off select PS5 and Xbox One titles and up to 80% off Xbox One digital titles Plus, GameStop's Shop in Easy Mode service allows you the convenience and flexibility to shop whenever, however, and wherever you want across GameStop's platforms. It's all about staying safe while you shop this holiday season. And to further simplify that online shopping experience, you can take advantage of any of GameStop's contactless pickup and delivery options at checkout, such as delivery at door, same-day delivery, or buy online, pick up in-store. Get all the details about GameStop's Shop in Easy Mode service by visiting GameStop.com slash Shop in Easy Mode. Plus, don't forget their Black Friday sales are going through Sunday, November 29th, and you can find all about those deals by going to GameStop.com slash Black Friday. And don't forget, Cyber Week is going to start on Sunday, November 29th at 8 p.m. Central Time and will run through Saturday, December 5th. Happy shopping, gamers. So, Stimer, yeah. maybe we start with you. Mm. Okay. Talk about Bug Snacks. Bug Snacks. Yeah, I uh, I finished Bug Snacks. Ooh, I've heard the ending is wild. It <laughs> It is definitely wild. <laughs> um, and I think I saw a tweet at some point that was like, if you have kids, just tell them that the game is over, but don't actually show Like, just be like, oh, yeah, that's the game. <laughs> and like, Wait, don't it's let that them watch. crazy that you can't show your kids the ending? I think kids would be confused by it. Um, well, don't give anything away. I'm not going to yeah. spoil it, but I'm like, I just was I was just going to say I agreed with that tweet. Okay. I was like, yeah, maybe, maybe don't. I don't know. Oh, I don't is it like kids. scary? No, it's not scary. It's just weird. It's just weird. It's okay. like the whole game is, I mean, as you get hints of it as you um, are playing, but it's like, it's definitely got some existentialism in there. It's okay. Like, it it takes you on a trip it. that's beyond just adorable little snacks with googly eyes. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, but like it's, it's been interesting because I really enjoyed the basic gameplay of it. I do wish there was a little bit easier of a time traveling in the sense of like, so if I want to get to this map that's above the other ones, I have to walk through all the maps instead of just being able to fast travel to that map. So that got a little bit annoying. Mm -hmm. um, but if you were playing on PS5, I don't think you're, I think it'd be loading fairly fast. I was playing on PS5, but the PS4 version, because at the time of my completion, the cross save feature, not a thing yet. Um, so when I loaded up Bug Snacks on P the PS5 version, it was like, yeah, would you like to start the game over? No. I said, no, thank you. I would not nay, like nay, to do sir. that. Uh, and so I just, I just was like, fuck it. I'll just play the PS4 version on the PS5. That's fine. Uh, so the loading wasn't like super snappy or anything like that. Um, it was fine. But uh, yeah, I, I really like 
I really like the basics of that gameplay, uh, which is again, currently you walk around and scan things, which feels a little like Pokemon Snap, but then you have to figure out how to get these dumb snacks into your trap. And oh. some of them are really easy and some of them are not so easy. You have to like really run around and figure it out. So it's puzzly, which is cool and a little bit Viva Pinata-esque in that sense. So mm. I really enjoyed my time with it. It was a weird little game, but I'm glad I played it. And I mostly also was like, I'm going to focus on this because it's completable. And yeah. then I will focus on Spider-Man because that'll be completable. And then I will go back to Yakuza. Oh, yes. I know yes. you don't like this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh -oh. how, how long uh -oh. do you think it took you to finish it? Oh, fuck me. I know. I'm sorry. Um, I should have looked because the PlayStation 5 says it's like you've played this game for X amount of hours. Um, and I forgot to Is look it like at it. It's like a 10-hour game? I, yeah. Okay. I'll that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't. I caught a lot of them. I didn't catch every single bug snack. I did do every single side quest. Um, because I just felt compelled to. I don't know. All of the grumpus is like, I need some help. And I was like, okay. I will help you. Okay, okay buddy. I guess. <laughs> let, me, let me help you sort out your life and your problems. Um, <laughs> but I didn't. I was like, you know what? I don't really feel the need to like catch them all. I'm, I'm fine catching like 75% of them. <laughs> it's more than enough for me. Good enough. Uh, yeah. And yeah. So yeah, I really, I really enjoyed my time with the game. Thought it was cute. It looks cute. Nice. And Britt, you are playing a new game that just came out, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Yeah. I adore this game so much. It's just so chill. So yeah, this is the, I don't really know if you want to call it a sequel to Hyrule Warriors. It's not at all. So just forget everything I just said. So this is technically, this is the official prequel. <laughs> I thought it was a prequel. Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was like about Hyrule Warriors. It's the follow up to that. Uh, but yeah, it is the, it. the official prequel to Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. And it tells the story of Zelda and Link and their friends and how they meet the four champions and how they get the divine beasts and blah, blah, blah. Like it's, it's really well done from the cinematic perspective. Um, you know, it's it's just like you're playing Breath of the Wild over again. You have the map in front of you uh, to pick and choose certain quests from. Obviously, the level design is just like a fixed area, and you run around from point A to point B, defeating hordes, completing objectives. It does support split-screen co-op, uh, which is an upgrade from the Wii U version, which someone had to play on the gamepad and someone had to play on the TV, which was just like a disaster. I still wish they would offer online co-op for this, but they don't, and I don't understand that because the Dynasty Warriors games offer online, but it's probably a Nintendo thing. Anywho, um, but yeah, if you're like, just, what's the internet? What's the internet? It's <laughs> 2020. Who, who could say? But uh, yeah, we're having a really good time with it and playing it split screen with Jason. And we are just so chill with it. You start on normal difficulty. Well, you don't start. You can choose normal difficulty. And I know there's at least one difficult difficulty below that. And then there's at least two above normal. And when you're playing on normal, and I don't know if this is just a normal thing, but the button combos are just like X, 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 and Y, 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 Y. Like it's brilliant. It's my kind of combo game. And it's not difficult at all. <laughs> okay, not really a combo. It's not all. really a combo. No, it's, it's like it's a button masher. It's combos. Yeah, it's a button masher. And it's the game isn't difficult on normal difficulty at all. It's just so chill and it's so kind of like mindless. You just sit there, you sit back, you enjoy playing it. And so how it works is you go through a level and you collect resources while you're playing. Maybe you defeat an enemy and you get something. Your, your typical items you'd get from Breath of the Wild from scavenging. And then you can take those items and you can use them to unlock like a blacksmith or unlock cooking or unlock 
other things I don't want to spoil because it's kind of fun to discover for yourselves. And you um, can do that or you can kind of just like mainline the game and just play all the missions. But it is fun to, you know, like do the little side missions, even though it doesn't involve any gameplay because they all have like really fun little paragraphs written about like what you're doing and why you're doing it. Although all you're really doing is like pushing A and it's like mission complete. Whoa, so cool. You're great. Um, and you're like, yeah, yeah, give me another cookie. Yeah, I mean, so from like, <laughs> from an entertainment perspective, like, it's great, it's really fun, but from a performance perspective, and this is just like, when I, it's just Nintendo go Nintendo, there are so many frame rate stutters, like, the game doesn't look clean at all, like, it looks all jaggedy and shit, and it's so jarring, especially that we're on the, like, literally been playing next generation console. So we're seeing beautiful games like Valhalla and even like that, like run really smoothly. Yeah, and they look gorgeous and stunning. And then you have Nintendo's little like thing. And it's like, OK, like, I get it. <laughs> Nintendo's more about the it's experience. <laughs> the image that comes to mind is Bart Simpson with the you tried cake and like tossing <laughs> it on the garbage can. Oh man! At so, least you tried. At least Do you, you know tried. what the confirmed frame rate is for I the game? I have no clue, but I know I'll it. Ch- I'll check yeah, it check out. it out. And I and on split screen, like, granted, it does take a hit, but I mean, it's like that's not really an excuse because there are many split screen games that, like, sure they'll take a little bit of hit, but not like a thing where it literally Ooh. is like frame, frame, Yikes. frame, frame. So this the is- first headline that came out was from NintendoEnthusiast.com. That says that the frame rate can dip to 20 frames per second. Yeah. That sounds right. No, it said nine. That well, sounds right, Nine too. was the lowest. It, it's like, but it's bad. Is, but this looks like this was a pre-release build. Mm. Oh, okay. So let me, let me look. Oh, crap. All, there's all of these videos that have, or these headlines yeah. in Google that says, what's up with the frame rate? <laughs> I mean, that's oh, just no. it. I mean, it's like the frame rate only really well, <laughs> okay, this is the greatest headline okay. and then subheadline combo. Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity got a day one patch to fix some bugs. Subheadline: The frame rate wasn't mentioned. No, that's from Destructoid. Yeah, and I mean, like, it's 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 stuff that if I'm throwing bombs and Jason's throwing bombs or if he's doing a special skill, like it just chug, 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 and it's like, oh come on, like this isn't the most graphically intensive game. Like, what's happening here? Wait, what's happening? Yeah, so I mean, from that perspective, it's like. They need to be docked and they need to have their little wrists slapped. I mean, they don't need to, but they should for like, hey, like, you know, your, your system is cool. I get the Switch is all about the experience and all about the charm and you sell stories and, and experiences rather than like technical fidelity. Blah, blah. Anywho, point but is. But like also, homies, we're stuck inside now. So the whole yeah. take it and go is not really that appealing to anybody right now. It, it's also just, as Britt said, <laughs> it's not acceptable at this point in the Switch's life cycle that you're going to put a first party branded game out like this yeah. and then have these really bad frame rate issues, especially in a game that's combat focused that to me is something that you delay the launch of the game for if you can't get the frame rate solid at a minimum of like 30 frames per second because we know that most switch games can't do more than that then why are you releasing the game keep working on it fix it prime example of if this was any other game like it would be laughed at and lol like what is this joke blah blah blah. but because it's the nintendo game and it's breath of the wild and zelda it's kind of fascinating. And a lot of the reviews I was reading, no one mentions this. Like, it's not even a part of the review. Really? And I'm like, how hmm. could you not bring not good. this up? Yeah. Hmm. Um, fascinating stuff. But anyway, if you're just looking for something fun and chill and charming and it's Zelda and you want to learn more about the origins of Breath of the Wild and how it all came to be, absolutely check it out. It's fun. It's mindless. And you want to play something that looks like you're in slow-mo mode. Yeah. 
I mean, it's worse when uh, you're playing split screen, but, but yeah. Yeah, maybe that's why a lot of reviewers didn't mention it because they never played split screen. They only were playing in single that player. That was a lot of videos, though. None of those were split screen. Yeah, that's true. and I haven't played um, in single player, so I don't know what it's like when you're not playing split screen. But from what I've heard, it's not great, but it's definitely worse when you're playing with someone else. Sure, of yeah. course. That makes sense. So I saw some other people tweeting about this game saying that if you hadn't played the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, that you will be very lost narratively. Would you agree with that statement? Yeah, it's hard to like remove my brain from Breath of the Wild and be like, oh, what? what's going on with that? Well, I mean, yeah. In, in their defense, in Nintendo's defense, the attach rate for Breath of the Wild is extraordinarily high, <laughs> yes, right? Yeah. So yeah. the odds are that anybody looking to pick up this game has indeed played Breath of the Wild, yeah. but that for players who are Dynasty Warrior fans and maybe didn't play Breath of the Wild or only played a little bit of it, that they'll be pretty lost with the story. Yeah, I mean, you'll definitely complete. be lost. They do try to explain what's happening and why you're doing it, but, I mean, it's you're not like, you know, they're not taking 100 hours to explain the whole story like you have in the, well, more than 100 hours. It's, yeah, I mean, you'll definitely be lost. I think you'll get the gist of it, but if you're someone who wants to know, like, wait, what, why, why exactly am I do this? What is the calamity? What are the divine beasts? Who, who are, who's Rivali? Who's the Zora man I want to bang? You know, it's like <laughs> you're, you're asking those, you'll probably be asking those questions. But again, like I would say, if you don't really care about Zelda games and you don't really give a rat's ass, I would say you might be better off playing an actual Dynasty Warriors games where I think they probably run more smoother and they support online co-op. What an idea. Hmm. What an idea. In 2020, what a novel idea. Yeah. Online co-op. Yeah. Well, thank you for your report. I'm sorry that you're having some issues, but it still sounds like you're having fun. Oh, we're loving it. Yeah, we're definitely going to play it tonight. It's just one of those things where you just kind of roll your eyes and you're like, Nintendo's going to Nintendo, and this is a Nintendo thing. And granted, like, Nintendo didn't develop this. Koei Tecmo developed it, but they worked very closely. And you know how protective Nintendo is of their properties and their IP. They worked very hand-in-hand with this one. You still think from when it comes to a technical perspective, they'd be like, maybe maybe we should push this a little bit. Yeah. But... Sounds like a delay should have happened, yeah. but yeah. hopefully they'll patch it and it'll get better. Um, so I have been playing not nearly as much Assassin's Creed Valhalla as I would like, so I'm not going to talk about that game for a little while, but I have been diving more into Destiny 2 Beyond Light, no surprise to anybody. <laughs> uh, what's been really exciting about some of the changes that I've noticed in Destiny is particularly with this new subclass. So. Obviously, Destiny excels in their first-person shooter gameplay, and the class system that they've built in is really complementary and robust and makes online gaming with your friends and with other people a really fun experience because the classes can play off of each other. And that's really on display here with this new stasis subclass more than any other class before. And it's been really exciting learning about it. One of the things that I've really loved that they've done differently this time around is instead of just doing a couple of main campaign missions and unlocking a new subclass, you actually have to really kind of progress through different areas of the story and complete different missions that are much more involved from a narrative perspective to unlock all of the different depths and the aspects of your stasis subclass. And I think that that is a nice change that really incentivizes people to keep playing different story missions and doing different campaigns and also playing together because of the way that the Titan Warlock and Hunter's stasis subclasses, you can play off of each other um, when you're doing damage in strikes or in um, any of the other open world content is is really exciting. So I'm I'm excited mm-hmm. to learn more. I'm not quite through all of it yet, but 
I don't want to get too in the weeds since a lot of it probably won't make sense for people who aren't actively playing Destiny, but I love how Destiny and Bungie keep iterating. And this is the best time to get into Destiny if you've been thinking about coming back. They've added some really good tutorials for new players with new light, which of course is free to play, just as a reminder. And if you have an Xbox Game Pass subscription, you can play all of Destiny's content as part of Xbox Game Pass, which is phenomenal. So if you have been thinking about getting back in, I would highly, highly recommend it. It's uh, Destiny's real good. And those next-gen upgrades are coming very soon, December 8th, so just a couple weeks away to get the um, the PS5 and the Xbox Series X boost. All right, it's time for an Andrea Destiny temperature check. From a 1 to 10, okay. 10 being you're fucking obsessed with it, how much does Destiny have your heart right now? Ooh, um, just because I'm exhausted with some other life things, I'm only at about like an 8.5. That's pretty high only. though. That's, That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, normally in the wake of a big expansion like this, I would be at a solid 10. Yeah. I would be playing Destiny every day, all the time. But it's tough because if this had come out in September, like it was originally supposed to, I probably would be only playing Destiny. But there's so many things happening right now. Like I said, AC Valhalla is taking up a lot of my time. I still haven't dived into the Call of Duty Black Ops cold war campaign like i want to we know that the cyberpunk is just a couple weeks away now at this point there's just a lot to do and so that is kind of pulling my focus in addition to like holiday things and mm -hmm. you know general life yeah nonsense adulting as it were overrated um, one of the things that is helping me relax though is watching tv because sometimes i just don't have the mental bandwidth to play a game i just need to be a, a passive yeah um, we've all been there enjoyer of, of passive media. participant yeah exactly i just want to sit on the couch and like decompress eat a brownie and uh <laughs> yes oh we have brownies waiting for mm -hmm. for afterwards mm. um and one of the shows that my husband john got me into reluctantly i might add but now i'm very enthusiastic about it is a show that swept the emmys this year which is really was the genesis for me wanting to watch it schitt's creek so do you ladies know anything about schitt's creek yeah i watched some of it uh fuck, i don't remember how many years ago a couple years oh. ago last year i don't know time has no meaning this will uh, shock you i know yeah. nothing about it it shocks me not <laughs> <laughs> but Brittany, you don't really watch tv at all except for daytime right i watch judge judy and that's yeah, it, basically that's it. it yeah <laughs> and family guy oh family guy classic <laughs> so i hated the first couple episodes i watched of the mm. show I was like, I don't understand how it won so many Emmys. This is garbage. These people are garbage. I don't like the show at all. So for people who have not seen Schitt's Creek, but maybe have heard all of the, you know, hubbub around the show because they did, they want, they just like won all of the Emmys <laughs> uh, this year. Uh, the show follows a family, the Rose family, who were mega wealthy living in New York coming from an empire of Rose video, like video stores, they were surprised one day when the government came in and basically said, you owe us like hundreds of millions of dollars in back taxes that your business manager never paid. Oh. And they essentially, like all of their wealth was taken from them like instantly. Oh. Like the, oh, the show opens with like the government coming in and like taking all of their belongings out of the house and them trying to hold on to a couple pieces like on their person and grabbing what they could and essentially 
they had they were out on the street they had nowhere to go and there's a town called Shit's Creek that the father Johnny Rose bought as like a gag gift for his son David <laughs> and they were like well since we own the town I guess we can move there and it's supposed to be like this little podunk town in the middle of you know the midwest and it's not really the midwest it's like not too far from new york but um and the whole idea is like that they are these like hoity-toity people moving to the small it's like reverse beverly hillbillies essentially is it a comedy yes yes oh okay I don't yeah. think. Oh. I was like, that sounds like that could now be really my funny. Is yeah, yeah. No, I. Th- the The reason why I think I had I struggled with it in the beginning is so I. John knows this about me too. I don't like shows that have really dry, uncomfortable humor, like The Office. Mm. It's just not my thing. I don't like it. I don't like when they make these like really intentionally uncomfortable situations that people think are funny. And I'm like, I don't like this. I'm uncomfortable. I don't mm. think it's funny. This isn't funny. It's a bad joke. You should feel bad about yourselves. That's what I yell at the TV whenever I see things like that. And I get that it, that comedy is just not for me. And I've understood that. And I let people appreciate it. And that's fine. That's for them. And so John was a little worried when I was like, oh, I think I want to try Shit's Creek. He was like, I don't know if you'll like it. Okay. So this has been the year of I don't know if you'll like it, Andrea Renee. But she turns out to and like then, it. Yeah. And I turned yeah. out to like <laughs> Animal Crossing. And now Shit's Creek. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny because there's so many tropes from like like small town tropes that I see for my own life <laughs> having grown up in North Dakota but I'm like oh, I know that person <laughs> person walking on leeches um, on them that's you yeah but it's also not overtly dry and uncomfortable the way that some of those other um, television shows are I think it's a nice balance of some physical comedy some just like kind of like really like on the nose comedy and then some really nuanced things but it also has a lot of heart which mm. you don't really get to until like the end of season two and beyond which is why I think I struggled because I didn't had there was to me there was no redeemable characters in the show I was like yeah. there's nobody for me to root for in the fir- in the first season outside of maybe Jocelyn, who is great. So the mayor of the town is this guy named Roland Shit, hence Shit's Creek. Uh-huh. Um, and it's their like family um, that like founded the town. And his wife is named Jocelyn. And Roland is just like, I to this day, I hate Roland. He's my least favorite character. Every time he's on screen, I'm like, Roland, you're a waste of space. Who keeps writing you into the show? <laughs> um, but Jocelyn, his wife, is like a teacher at the high school. And she is in this singing group called the Jazz Gals. Um, and it's, you just kind of, over time, you fall in love with these characters. And some of the comedy in it is just, so subtle and nuanced that it's it's really well done and there's some relationships that form between the characters in the town as the rose family adjusts over time there's like this mutual thing that happens where the people of the town are just so kind to them they almost like kill them with kindness and the roses just like keep snubbing them for like the first season and a half until they finally start to wear them down they're like this is our life now we're not going back to this like rich hoity-toity life that we used to have. This is our life and we need to like accept these people who are being so nice to us and maybe not be assholes all the time. And then when the turn happens, that's when the show gets really good. We have some questions from patrons who uh, we got more qu- questions about the show than we did video games. So I think that says a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so Brooke wrote it and she said, I love Shit's Creek. The queer representation in that show is Chef's Kiss. Who is your favorite character? Ooh, that's tough. I do. So 
David is David Rose, the son of the Rose family. Um, is so at first you think that he's just like a, a straight gay man, but then it becomes clear that he's very pansexual instead. And he has some interesting relationships with multiple characters in the show. He's one of my favorites just because he's so extra. And it's rare you meet anybody that's so extra, but then understands how extra they are. Because most people that are extra that you meet have no fucking clue how extra they are. <laughs> yeah. And it's annoy it's so annoying that you're like, okay, um, I'm going to have to deal with you because I have to deal with you for whatever reason, but like you're too much and I don't like it. But David as a character knows that he's like all that he is and just embraces it, which is kind of, there's something really wonderful about that confidence and being like, yeah, this is just like my thing. Like, I'm just this way. Like, do you like it or not? <laughs> and um, I think that that's really liberating. Um, so I really like him as a character. Obviously, I mentioned Jocelyn. She's one of my favorites. Twyla, the girl who runs the like cafe where everybody eats for every meal, apparently. <laughs> Um, is great because she's just so innocent. I really wish that we got an arc with her where we got to learn more about her, but she always drops these really random stories about her previous life and how she grew up. And they're always the most horrific and sad <laughs> stories oh. that she just casually like drops into conversation that you're like, Twyla, do you need to talk about it? <laughs> like, whoa, girl, what was that? Um, which is like a testament to some of the writing that she just kind of weaves these like really big things about like how her mom was like a crack addict and did this random thing. She's like, oh yeah. And she just says it so matter of factly, like didn't everybody grow up, grow up in this really weird so It feels place? a little Phoebe from uh, Friends. Kind of. Yeah. Kind, honestly, that's a really good comparison, but not, but not as like flighty, mm. like not as like head in the clouds as Phoebe was. Mm. But Nathaniel yeah. so 97. Those are probably a couple of I don't know if you can keep this spoiler free or not, but they want Nathaniel wants to know if you have any favorite moments so far from the show. Oh, oh, I do. I really do. But like, it would definitely be spoilery. Um, but there's a character you'll meet named Patrick, who's also like big hearts for Patrick as a character. He has some scenes with David that are just as, as Doc Brooks said, chef's kiss. Mm. Like, those two together as actors do some really great work. But I mean, also like fucking Catherine O'Hara, like like hats off to her being an actress at her age, fully embracing that she is this vivacious older woman who is an actor herself. She, she's an actor playing an actor. Oh. And um, she's like a washed up like soap star in the show who is like desperate for like new roles and stuff. And the way that she plays this character at first, you might be really annoyed and turned off by, but then you'll grow to love over time. Because again, like each of the Rose characters is just so authentically themselves and they never really deviate from that in a way that I think is lovely, but they all grow as people. Oh God. She's got some really great. Yeah, so you're kind, and of, her you're kind of selling me. It's a real, it's really good. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie. The first season's gonna be a little rough to get through, but if you can. So is season one of The Office. Season one of The Office is a bit rough chuckles. Yeah. I feel like season one of a lot of shows is really rough. Um, it's rare that you get like a season one that's a banger. I feel like the Mandalorian this is, us is maybe had a season one banger. So this is us. First season was amazing. Oh, that's a good point. But yes, I would agree with you. I think like maybe comedies in general need like a little bit more to establish the relationships. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's, it's great. 
It's really good. Oh, I see Nathaniel wrote, wrote about Moira. Moira Rose is my spirit animal. I dare you to try to talk like her. I do a pretty decent impersonation Ooh. if I say so myself. Okay. Any favorite moments? Okay, so no, her, her, like, she's got this accent that isn't an accent. She's like, I talk like this and I have this weird accent. And she's always like, David. <laughs> and I don't, it's like she, elongate some of her words <laughs> but not all of them because sometimes she'll speak normally but then she'll stop <laughs> and it's weird it's weird but you're, like you're good at that she, okay she keeps it up very consistently and she does a, i mean obviously Catherine hair is like a genius she's amazing but yeah she's <laughs> she says certain she drops the the best like 50 cent vocabulary words in every single episode like she just weaves these words in that you've never heard of before. And you're like, what that, that word has to be made up and they're never made up. They're always real words <laughs> that she's just using <laughs> in conversational language. So there should be a Moira's calendar. Yeah. Like word <gasps> of the day. I wonder if that exists. Holy shit. Let me look. Holy shit. <laughs> vocabulary. <laughs> Fell flat. Calendar though. I know. I was just I was just looking to the see if there vocabulary. was vocabulary <laughs> calendar. Oh my god, it auto filled in Google, so I bet you it does exist. Oh yeah, the it's on Etsy. Crew. Stuff, oh yes, okay. here it is. Somebody made it on Etsy. Amazing. The Moira Rose vocabulary calendar for 2021. Well, now I feel like I got to get this. Maybe you should tell <laughs> Santa. Oh, that's funny. Oh, I love it. Yeah, see, like all of the words are are just are just bonkers. But like her outfits, though, whoever was the wardrobe designer for this show must have had so much fun dressing her. Yeah, confabulate, petty fogging. Petty yeah, what is petty fogging anyway? I want a petty fog. What's a petty? Fog? I don't know, but I've heard. Com- I know confabulate, but not petty fogging. Petty oh, fogging. Oh my gosh! Placing undue emphasis on petty details. Oh, there you go. Yeah, sure. There you go. I like it. Yeah, it's it's great. So it's on Netflix. So if you have a Netflix subscription, you can watch all of Shit's Creek. It um, is six seasons, but it goes pretty fast. The episodes are great. And um, it makes me sad now that I got into it that it's over. That they're oh. not making anymore. That's so better though fought- sometimes because you don't have to wait for more. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. It's like watching a really good movie. It's like, oh, you, you know, it's just done. But you can always rewatch it. It's true. I've rewatched Gilmore Girls an infinite number of times. <laughs> well, I feel like you always pick things up too in subsequent watch throughs that you yeah. missed the first, first, second, or third time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like rereading a book. Mm-hmm. I think somebody asked me once, they're like, why do you reread books? And I'm like, are you telling me that you've read a book and you didn't skip like whole paragraphs? I do that constantly. Mm-hmm. Not intentionally. It just like happens. Your mind wanders. <laughs> and you're like, what did I yeah. read? Yeah. Well, the book I'm reading now is over 1,200 pages. Ooh. So, yeah, rhythm of war. Anywho, I just wanted to talk about it because it's been something I've been enjoying watching. And um, if you've been thinking about checking it out, just know that you know if you can rough it through the first season where the characters are a little rough, then I think you'll really come in. You'll really come into liking it. And at the end of the season two is really where there's a turn and then from season three and beyond it just gets better and better and better there you go yeah. all right and on that note we are going to move to our final segment of the show stick with us everybody we'll be right back 
Welcome back, everybody. It's the final segment of the What's Good Games podcast. Were you raising your hand as I you had a question? I was doing a peace sign. Oh, oh, I like that. Peace, everybody. <laughs> peace. Peace um, <laughs> This is our Patreon-produced segment where you, the wonderful patrons of What's Good Games at patreon.com slash what's good games, get your monthly shout-out if you are in the elite, elite tier and beyond. And you also get to vote on what we're going to talk about. And there were a couple of different topics this month, right, Britt? Yeah, we got quite a bit of topics. And I think we're going to stick to some Thanksgiving chatter because a lot of the questions were all about Thanksgiving. We got questions from people wanting to know what Thanksgiving is like because they've never had a Thanksgiving, what our favorite food is, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's great. It is, in fact... The week of Thanksgiving. It happened yesterday. If you're listening to the podcast on Friday. And hopefully, uh, if you are here in the United States, um, you ate some turkey and uh, oh, celebrated with your family. Or right. tofurkey. Yeah. Um, but before we do that, let's read these names. And again, apologies <laughs> if we mispronounce your name. We will. We will mispronounce it. Who right. wants to go first? I'll go first, and then you two can figure out the order from there. Charles Benek. Stephen M. Schneider. <laughs> <laughs> Almost Superman. Andrew Courtney. Dustin Toby. Regina Falange. DK2112. Maz Mikasa. The Male Escort. The Supreme Commander of the Silent Chihuahua Ninja Army. Uh, Sean Smith. Nathaniel97. Daniel Hall. Bang Zoom Pow. Alexander David. Flying Cosmo. Eric Z. Ermagerd Arenda. Carla Callahan. Nathan Watkins. Ahem, Shoey's Godson. <laughs> Rob Koba. Michaela Sage. Alex Kohler. Simply Saucy. Marco Anteveros. Tracy H. Storm and May. Tony Shea. Tara Bruno. Freddie Heath. Will Collum. Chet Berry. Sean I. Justin Foss. Brian R. Johnston. Justin Foshi. Jasmine Sainez. Patrick Landry. Punctified. Rob Leonard. Jose Perez. Melathias Owens. Jake Sue. Brian Harper. Patrick Higgins. Kenneth Stimmel. Zach Hershey. Trent Pennington. Emily Kent. Roland Bala. E. Benjamin Checkness. Krister Lodmark. Ferris Atia. Gary Oxborough. Matthew Simpson. Jessica Bloom. Patrick Willa. Matthew Goder. Noel Navarez. Tyler McCall. Martha Emery. Joe Wilson. Devin Nitz. Adriana Rock Williams. Shai Jackson Burgess. Mohammed Mohammed. Chris Wilson. Renata Burns. Alberto Andreas Videla. Joselle Bassa. Andrew Susan. Gary Peck. Dale Sun. Nam Bue. Michael S. Marcus Ian Brown. Pete Shoemaker. RJ Bryan. Carl Peterson. Joe Kennison. Bill Stilwell. Pure Blue Octopus. Blah, blah, blah. Regan Impson. Teresa Ainert. Jason Demers. Alex Regopoulos. Andrew Cotton. Kia B. David Icolucci. Josh Schleif. Elmo Shell. Elizabeth Dockbrook. <gasps> Gio Corsi. Male Bittner. Jared Howard. Ozzy Mejia. Nicole Humphrey. Stephanie Fitzwilliams. John Drake. And Trevor Starkey. God, we're getting Thank good at you that. to all of our wonderful elite patrons and above for supporting us at What's Good Games. We love and appreciate you. 
so much. Now let's talk about the turkey. Yes. Thanksgiving. 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 So the first question we got related to this comes from Agent 47. What was the stupidest thing you ladies ladies have ever bought in your life? And I think we should tie this into bla- on a Black Friday. A Black Friday purchase. On a Black Friday purchase. The stupidest thing. I don't know that I've purchased anything stupid on yeah. Black Friday. I don't know if I have either, honestly. I've purchased stupid things on an airplane. That's true. Like from like the Sky Mall? <laughs> like, like Greg and I were coming back from some event and there was an ad play. It was like one of those late night TV ads on Virgin America back when that existed. And... It was for a deep fryer. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> and so we, we saw this. We were both watching this. We were both watching whatever <laughs> the thing you. was. And we saw it at the same time. And we looked at each other and we were like, do we need this? And it was like, but the, we, it was a late flight. Home, so maybe it was like 1030 or something on this plane. We we're like, yes, we do. And so we bought this <laughs> fucking deep nice. fryer. But like, I've never purchased anything on Black Friday that I wasn't already kind of planning to buy yeah, before yeah, yeah. Black Friday actually hit. So. Mm. See, most of my Black Friday purchases have always been clothing related because so many of the clothing stores, like back in the day when, back in my day, when Black Friday started in the morning (laughs) and not in the afternoon on Thanksgiving, um, I would go and buy clothes because every store in the mall would be 50 to 60% off, like Mm. the entire store. And so you'd get there by like, so I always would miss usually the early early crowd like the 4 a.m monsters i would not go then because that's when it gets it got really hairy um i would go at like 7 or 8 a.m and miss the first wave of craziness because i wasn't trying to buy a tv and then i would go for the clothing deals and then i would just like spend my day in the mall just shopping for clothes getting winter wardrobe stuff for like half off Mm. That's typically my my Black Friday plan. I was a I'm monster. pretty much too similar, but online, and then I just return anything that doesn't work. You're smart, Simer. I was the monster who got there at three in the morning. My coworker and I, when I used to work for the state, Aaron, we would go and we would sleep in the back of her Jeep, and we would set an alarm, and then we would get up and we would stand in line and we would go shopping. And the last thing I think I ever bought, because I don't do that shit anymore. I'm too old for that. Um, was an Xbox 360 for her then boyfriend now husband yeah that's what it was and so you know uh november late november Wait, so you have bought a man so you have bought a man no, no, no. she bought it for her boyfriend okay now i was like Ooh. wait a minute oh psh, excuse me well I the way you the way you phrased the sentence made it sound as if you purchased it so i just wanted oh. to be clear oh, on no, that no, she could buy her own boyfriend a damn console and yeah <laughs> i was like that would be really weird first of all but whatever maybe no thanks for calling me out and making sure i didn't do that because like but for anyway. the record, there is nothing wrong with buying your man or your woman a console. Mm-mm. Nothing wrong with yeah. that. No. Treat your partner. Yeah. Just don't make assumptions about certain genders buying gifts for other genders. Yeah. Correct Mundo. There you go. That's all. But yeah, um, late November in Washington is, is pretty cold at night. So we stood, out li- stood outside in line for uh, like three to four hours for this Xbox 360 console because it was like, ridiculously cheap. I don't remember. It was outside of a Best Buy. But then I think that was the last year I did it. So I'm like, nope. nope. Yeah, see, the thing, I, I've never stood in line. I've never gotten up early. Because for the most part, I think I would be so irritated if I got there and, like, did not see anything I actually wanted. I would I, I'd probably actually be more inclined to just buy something because I'm like, fuck, I woke up this early just to come yeah. here anyway. Like, and I, for the most part, I never really, like, never, you don't need a TV that often. So, like, 
yeah didn't really and i usually you know i grew up in the home of costco so like if i needed a tv i was going to costco i wasn't like waiting for a home of costco for a black friday deal yeah see costco didn't exist where i grew up and also like the warehouse store that we did get eventually was sam's club but i mean they have very had very specific deals um, but my dad told me a bunch of stories about how he would go to Black Friday when we were kids to get us Christmas gifts, like specific dolls that we wanted oh. or other toys that we mm. wanted. Yeah. And he would frequently be like the only dad waiting in line oh. <laughs> to like to like get the the thing for, for me and my sister. Hello, I'd like five dolls. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and it's interesting how depending on what the objects are that you want to buy, what your shopping experience is like. And obviously online shopping has made that completely different, particularly in a pandemic year. A lot of retailers are extending or opening their Black Friday sales early to accommodate for the massive amount of shipping that's already happening because of the I've pandemic. I've already purchased multiple things on quote unquote Black Friday. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of Black Friday sales started on Monday of this week, um, which is interesting. So they're yeah. like, please give us money. This has been a hard year. Please. Yeah. They're like, like our doors have been shut for most of the year. Yeah. Please, please buy. Please buy all of the things. The next question comes from Don Alucino. What's your favorite game to play over the Thanksgiving long weekend? I don't know if there's like, I don't go back and play a game like it's not like oh every thanksgiving i play whatever yeah uh it's just whatever for me it will be spider-man this year mm. uh, it will be really getting to sit down and like finish that game and complete as much of it as i feel like so it's really just any sort of open world-ish game where you really need to dedicate a decent amount of time and you have a little bit more to do that yeah, I'd say for me, it's just something that's chill and comforting. And right now, Age of Calamity fits that bill. This is the time of year. And like, granted, this year is different because of the next gen console launches where I play the game that I wanted to get to that I never did. So last year, for example, is when I played finally Horizon Zero Dawn. And so this time I'm starting to feel like because my Christmas trees are all up because I was like, fuck it. Christmas is coming early. Oh, and yeah. See, mine are up too. Girl. Oh, yeah. No shame. No shame. And so seeing all the trees up and whatnot it actually makes me nostalgic over Horizon Zero Dawn because when I was playing it last year, I had all the Christmas de decor up. And so I'm looking at that. I'm like, oh, God, that was a fun. That was a fun experience. So I'm craving something a little warm and fuzzy, a little nostalgic or just something chill. That's kind of what I go for. But, you know, I don't have a recurring game. I don't have a recurring game either. I think I've said frequently on the show that I don't really go back to games at all. But um, if the Mass Effect remaster was out, I would definitely be looking forward to that because I have a lot of memories playing oh. a lot of Mass Effect See, over that the holiday perfect. break. Yeah. Yeah. That game would be exactly what I need in pandemic holiday because this is probably going to be the oh, one and only yeah, holiday where I'm one. not traveling at all. <laughs> That'd be nice. Um, so I would love to replay that, but that's not until spring uh, next year. So sad, ah, but sad not going to happen. Um, but uh, what is exciting, though, is that I am looking forward to spending a lot more time in hopefully in cyberpunk. Um, really deep diving into that world over the holiday. But for Thanksgiving weekend yeah. specifically. <laughs> womp, womp. Not yet. No, we don't have codes yet. Um, I think I'm just going to play a lot of Assassin's Creed. There you go. And finally, yeah. we have a question from Amy Gilroy. What's your favorite Thanksgiving family tradition, food, or experience? We don't have it over here, so I'm just curious. Oh, hmm. boy. So many. So I have been making my own turkey Ooh. since I moved to Los Angeles, 
so I, when I moved out of my parents' house and wasn't in college, because when I was in college, I would usually just drive home to Fargo and go to Thanksgiving at my parents' house or to, uh, my grandmother's house where she would make the turkey. I remember the first Thanksgiving I stayed in LA because I was broke and I couldn't afford to f- buy a plane ticket to go home. And bartending on Thanksgiving Eve, usually with the exception of the pandemic year. Correct. Um, <laughs> That Wednesday before Thanksgiving is the biggest bar night of the year. Really? Huh. Yes. That's surprising. A lot of people think it's New Year's Eve or St. Patrick's Day. Huh. No, it's Thanksgiving Eve because almost everybody has Thanksgiving off. And this was oh. this I don't know if that's still true in the in the last couple of years when a lot of retail has started, has opening. started opening on Thanksgiving, which is like barf like don't do that. Let's can we can we take Thanksgiving back and like Everybody agrees to just be closed. Like, fuck whoever started it. <laughs> um, because almost everybody had it off. Like, with the exception of, like, maybe, like, convenience store gas station workers, you know, like, a few, like, obviously emergency personnel and, you know, essential yeah. services, right? But, like, for the most part, all banks, retail, industry, everybody had it off. Because it wasn't, it's not a religious holiday. It's a national yeah, holiday. Yeah, even grocery stores would be like, we close at 2 p.m. today or yeah. whatever. Like, they would be open but not open for their full hours. Again, I don't know if they're And even some that, grocery but. stores wouldn't open. I mean, I remember Oh, yeah, I do up. remember driving around. Like, there was sometimes you'd get there and you're like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> grocery it's like, if you didn't get your shit on Wednesday, you ain't eating turkey. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it, it was a really big bar night. And so as a bartender for a really long time, it was a really big money night for me. And so I just didn't travel or didn't go home for the holidays. And so my first year in LA, I remember being on the phone with my grandmother every like 45 minutes asking her like, what do I do with the turkey now? <laughs> and she's just like, it's play by play me. Let's just kind of leave it. <laughs> I mean, she did like kind of coach me through basting it and prepping it. But, you know, my grandmother is a woman who had to feed five kids on a single postal carrier's salary. And so she made really simple, easy recipes that were crowd pleasers, didn't do anything fussy. I feel like a lot of people fuss with their turkeys now. Well, now they have like turducken shit. I'm like, but it's just no. too, yeah. too much. No. Too, just- like, like the idea that you can like deep fry your turkey. Oh, yeah. So dangerous. There's always those I videos mean, of things fine. catching on fire when people try that shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that was a really fun memory for me, um, having her walk me through like how to make the gravy for the first time and mm. like what to do with like the neck and the giblets and all the stuff that like I almost cooked in the turkey because I didn't realize I had to look in the cavity the first time I brought a turkey home. Also, if you've never cooked a turkey before, most turkey is frozen and it needs a minimum of three days to thaw in your fridge. So you cannot buy a turkey that's frozen the day before and expect to cook it and eat it on Thanksgiving. Learn that the hard way, too. (laughs) I have never made a turkey. I've made, I'm usually in charge of a side dish <laughs> uh, and I just bring yeah, it to I'm excited for place. the mac and cheese. So oh. yeah, I'm, I'm in charge of mac and cheese, which is what I was last year before. So usually I go to my aunts and that's that side of my family is very big. We're not doing that this year for obvious reasons. Um, but I am coming here and uh, I'm also, you know, once again, delivering my very expensive mac and cheese because it's a, uh, it's the really fancy cheese. That's why it costs so much to make. It's like, Forty dollars at least for the cheese. Oh. Dude, I'm so ready. <laughs> like, I may it's have stupid. gotten a bird that's too big for the three of us. Uh, um, it's <laughs> way too big. So um it's I, bigger than my two of my heads. It's so 
<laughs> normally what I do is because there's a Whole Foods not far from us and what I've done the last couple of years or is you can reserve a bird online. You can even reserve pre-brined birds through Whole Foods. And I went to go do that three, I went three weeks ago. So it's not like I just like went this week and they were all sold out except for the 16 to 20 pound birds. And I was like, I can definitely find something smaller. Looked around almost every grocery store was sold out of like the mid to small birds and the only birds that I could find were like these heritage mini turkeys that were like $50 and I was like listen like I I appreciate what you're doing here but like that seems like a lot for a little turkey so I went to Costco good old Costco had turkeys for 99 cents a pound did not have a single turkey under 19 pounds (laughs) all of them were 19 pounds and bigger so we got a big old 20 pound bird for three of us everybody it's gonna be an adventure (laughs) and eating but I will say my favorite Thanksgiving food is like mashed potatoes and gravy like that with the turkey like it's just like a all together. Love a little bite with a little bit of all of that. Um, and I especially like potatoes because um, what my aunt taught me to do, she was like the next, the morning after Thanksgiving one time when I was living there, cause I lived with her a couple of times. Um, she was like, I'm like, what are you making? And she was like, oh, I'm just taking the mashed potatoes, basically mashing them up and frying them in a pan and making like a little p- mashed potato pancake thing for the oh. morning. And I was like, that sounds fucking good. Oh. Sure enough, it was. So now I do that. The morning after Thanksgiving, I just make little potato Aww. pancakes and they're delicious. Potato cakes. Potato, potato cakes. cakes. They're not really pancakes, yeah. So just potato I cakes. I want a picture like of it. this bird next to Steimer's head. It's okay. very, very large. I dry brined it today. So okay. this is my first time doing a dry brine because I don't, I refuse to do a wet brine on a turkey because first off, it's just messy and you need to have like a lot of fridge space in order to do it safely. But also this bird is 20 pounds where the fuck am i gonna wet brine a fucking 20 pound turkey? See, i don't even know what that fucking means like you're like wet brine dry brine i'm like I, dry brine i assume you just mean you rub so a wet brine is essentially you soak the turkey in a salt water bath essentially oh. yeah where the fuck would you do that uh you do that because what it does no is i said where oh where because like most, yeah, like space you, like, yeah, most people do it in like you have like one of those either food service grade giant tupperware containers that people that restaurants have oh my or God. you can i've seen that people do like it in work. coolers oh, so okay, you could do it in a cooler um oh. and then you can you know but there the nervousness i have about doing it in a cooler is that you have to be very vigilant about monitoring the temperature oh yeah because then bacteria will grow and then you kill everybody so correct if you have space <laughs> in your fridge you could maybe put the cooler inside the fridge um some people do it in their sink but again like danger Ugh. zone like that to me is like the the window for food poisoning with wet brining if you don't have the proper kitchen equipment is too great. So yeah. ah. dry brine is basically just taking like a salt mixture. So I did salt, brown sugar, cracked pepper, crushed rosemary, and thyme. Ooh, and I Ooh. just like mixed it all together and then I, I massaged that you bird. You rubbed that bitch. I wow. rubbed that salt all over that bitch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And then I'm going to coat it in butter on Thursday morning and then put it in the Fuck, oven. Fuck, that sounds good. That sounds delicious. Um, but my grandma did none of that. She literally, like, pat that shit dry and put it in the oven. Yeah, She's like, here, eat some works. fucking turkey, the gravy. And then maybe salt You're going to cover the gravy yeah. with it anyway. Or yeah. Exactly. So that's the difference, right? Like, I saw um, my friend Neha posted a video of Kamala Harris's um, Thanksgiving turkey recipe that was recreated by somebody on tiktok oh because um 
Kamala Harris, um, our future vice president, did an interview and while she was doing her microphone test, she talked about her Thanksgiving turkey recipe. Oh. And then somebody on TikTok like recreated it and showed like what they would do and the amount of butter that this person used to slather their turkey. Like they covered their turkey in what I imagined to be like two cups of butter. Like How big that's a slippery turkey? bird. I mean like a 14 to 15 pound oh, turkey, like yes. an average size. I'm wow. like, no Could way. Be some really crispy skin. Yes, but you could get crispy skin if you really just dry your turkey out in the, in the fridge the day before, which is what I'm doing, without all the fat. I prefer, like you said, I prefer to have my fat from the gravy mm, instead of gravies. from butter gravy all over. But I am going to put, obviously, some butter in yeah. the turkey. Yeah, we just don't need, <laughs> we don't need to clog our arteries. I mean, it. like, mm. it was like probably like a half an inch coating of butter Holy around this crap. entire turkey. That's a, it's a That's little a too lot. much. Yeah. I feel like the thing would just squirt around, you know, just... <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I know butter makes everything better, but I'm yeah. trying to, you know, protect my heart here. No, that's smart. <laughs> uh, please do. We we like your heart, and we like you alive, and we like it beating. Um, yeah. What do you answer. do, Britt? Yeah, so it's been pretty much the same group of family that's gotten together since I was ever since I can remember, probably like 15 to 20 of us. And ever since Jason and I moved into the house we're in, um, our house is just the most comfortable for hosting. So for the past. Four years we've had Thanksgiving at our house. Obviously, this year, everyone, thank God, is really chill and they totally get it. And we're all just doing our own thing. So that feels nice. But in years past, it's just fun to have everyone over the day before Thanksgiving. They all peel the potatoes and they get the turkey ready. They do a whole bunch of stuff. I have never been one that's been great in the kitchen. I can I can microwave a nice hot pocket from time to time if you really want to get fancy. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah you don't girl. even put them in the oven? You microwave them? I'm, oh, fuck yeah. I, I'm too impatient for that. Thankfully, Jason has become a really good cook lately. Thank God. Thanks, HelloFresh. But I just like not my strong suit. So anywho, it's just kind of fun for me to have everyone over um, and watch them do their thing. And I help where I can. Like, basically, I pour them drinks and they drink them and then we're good to go. This is an important important job. job. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, But the day of when everybody comes over, it's just fun to eat and drink. And we all play the football boards uh, where, you know, you pick buy a square. Yeah. Yeah. You buy the squares and we all just watch football all day. We just drink all day. And it's just a really fun, chill time with family. And I think that's just what I'm really going to miss the most this year. I mean, the food's fantastic. Yeah. I'm not like the biggest fan of turkey, but my mom makes a mean green bean casserole that I absolutely love. Um, Ooh, nice. Yeah, she's making it again this year, and I'm really excited because we're just going to see my mom and dad. Um, but other than that, yeah, I think it's just getting together with family, you know, family that actually likes each other. It's really nice and just Aww. has a good time. Yeah. But again, like this year, we're all just taking the year off so we can all do it again next year safely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's properly fun. next year. Yeah, that's good. Oh, man. So much preparations to do. Thanksgiving. What a fun one. I know. Well, this is a fun topic. Thank you so much to everybody who wrote in at patreon.com slash what's good gains. We appreciate you guys giving us your questions, suggestions every week, participating in the comments and and being part of our community. We love that you guys support us and we love that you guys are making friendships with each other. So we hope that you had a wonderful Thanksgiving and you stayed safe, whatever your plans were, or maybe you got some great deals on those Black Friday sales, or maybe you're just cozying up with a comfortable game. And... We want you to know we love you and we're thankful for you guys. So on that note, I think it's time to say goodbye and we will see you guys next week. Bye, everybody.